What's up, everybody? Kevin Wagstaff. This week, we have Britt and Lance Kaufman, who've been on the podcast before, so you may recognize them. They're great rock stars, um, a great growth story in a couple years with where they've gotten to. But we also have another couple on, Kaylin and Matt Gibson. So this is unique um, because I, I'm curious if the industry will go this way more, if we'll see more companies merging um, to kind of grow across state lines. So I think I want everyone to listen to it with open open eyes and ears um, and think about this perhaps whether you're a new inspector or in your first year this could be a growth hack or a growth strategy to team up and then also um, a lot of these small multi-inspector companies anywhere from two to five or greater um, this could be an opportunity in a way to grow across state lines um, so it's very intriguing to me i really enjoyed the conversation they're both wonderful couples and wonderful people um, and i'm sure they will get their flood of traffic with people reaching out to them to talk about the experience and how it's gone and uh, and any learning so hopefully you enjoy it um and anyone again with ideas for guests you want to be on yourself reach out to me i'm happy to uh to chat so hope everyone's doing well and um, hope you enjoy the episode thanks but that's amazing that people have been reaching out. Dalen, I don't know if you listened to that episode early on. He was another one that just felt so approachable. And he kind of just was like, oh, yeah, here's my phone number. Here's my email. And he said he still gets calls and emails like to this day from that episode, which is really cool. But that shows you there's a hunger for everyone wanting to share in this industry, right? Because yeah. it's so isolating. Well, it feels safe, I think, too, when you watch a podcast like this. Do you listen to it or do you watch it? And you see people doing what not too long ago where we were doing what they're doing right now because we, we talked on the last podcast where you get on facebook or you get on some of these you know inspector groups and it's just it's just Truth. like poop, poop being flung at each other yeah. for no reason. and people don't feel like they can come with a question or a concern yeah. without being berated and so i think that you get these private emails or texts and they're like i started a podcast i have a question i feel like you could help and it's an open space. And so we've appreciated the opportunities that have come from it. I think we, I think there's something here, something bigger that we could create too, or some type of, I don't know, groups or like subgroups of these, um, you know, like-minded people. Cause I, this is near and dear to my heart because when we were new in the industry, I went to the forums and I got poop flung at me and <laughs> it was brutal. And I'm like, this is just makes this makes you feel icky. So I was like, well, you got to create something different here. So, um, mm -hmm. So thanks for doing this again. Let's do intros for everyone. Say they're just say they're literally just stumbling into this episode. So um, okay. Britt and Lance, we'll start with you. Okay, um, I with me. Um, I'm Britt Kaufman. Um, we are headquartered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and oh, I own Forever Home Inspection and Focus Building Inspections. Both my companies use Spectora, and uh, yeah, both of our companies are headquartered in Tulsa and serve all of Oklahoma and Iowa. And this is? Lance. You could have just introduced me, that would have been fine too. This is Lance Hoffman. <laughs> he is my husband and my business partner. Um, he really does all things with humans. Um, and I do all things with systems and processes. And uh, that's probably the best. That's a good way to put it. That's a great <laughs> way to put it. Yeah. We sharpen each other as iron. Let's say that. So lots of sharpening. Lots of sharpening. <laughs> Always sharpening. Yep. And Lance is what we call an Aspectora OG. He's been around a couple, three years, maybe at least. We, I mean, Brit, what's funny is we, we spoke on it, and I'll quickly remember what, yeah, three or four years ago. When I signed up for Spectora, just because people in Internet were like, this is what I use. And I remember getting on it 
and not even using it to its any of the false capabilities. And Brittany one night sat down on it and I get on there the next day and everything's different. I'm like, what have you done? And she's like, did you know you could automate this? Did you know you could be sending emails? She's like, I'm coming on. And I'm like, thank God. I can get upset things. <laughs> Which is funny because I vividly remember that because we, we emailed and spoke, but you were one of those guys who like, you started and then I like didn't hear from you for months. We didn't hear from you because I was just like, oh, he's just cranking along. He must be doing all right. And then every once in a while you'd pop in and just be like, oh yeah, how do you do this? Or what's this about? Yeah. So it's uh, you were just go off to the races, I think. Um, yeah. Well, cool. Um, and Caitlin, am I getting that right? Caitlin yeah. and Matt will let you guys give yourselves an intro, a proper intro because we've kind of just met. So I want yeah. you to do it. Yes, I think we were Facebook friends before uh, real life friends. <laughs> Which is the case more and more yeah. nowadays, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm Kaylin Gibson, and this is my husband and business partner, Matt Gibson, and we are clones of Brit and Lance. So <laughs> we basically do what they do, but in Iowa. So we're uh, based in uh, Ankeny, which is a suburb just north of Des Moines. Okay. Right on. And let, I'll let you two kick it off telling the story of how we're even here and how we even met. Because I believe it was an email, right? From us? Yeah. 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 Well, so, yeah. So I had, I just kind of give you an idea of how we got into it. I was working in different locations around the country for ops management in one form or another for about 15 years. And I'm always running into a wall on on leadership. You know, there's always that that guy above you that just kind of not where you wanted to be, you know. And mm-hmm. and so finally I just said, you know, we want to, I want to strike out on my own. I want to find something that we can do for ourselves, have a lot more autonomy and and let success or failure ride on us. And uh, so I found home inspections, just kind of I'm a research kind of guy. I was doing a lot of research and found home inspections as being a, a viable option and kind of brought it to Kaylin and she was just kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> how, well, how much did you all know prior? How much, what was your background or knowledge of kind of the industry and kind of what it takes? Nothing. Zero. Okay. So fresh, yep. starting from fresh. Yeah. In yep. fact, the last house I bought, I didn't even go to the inspection. <laughs> right. Which can happen. <laughs> Knew nothing about it. You know? And uh and and really I think that was a good thing because I came in with no preconceived notions True. of what it should be. And uh I got certified uh through ICA and then joined InterNACHI and went through their process and uh tried a couple of the free and cheap report softwares, you know, Mm -hmm. found out very quickly that those were not going to work. I mean, just doing test inspections on our house and our, and my in-laws house, we, these things are garbage. (laughs) They're just garbage. And I had seen Spectoras floating around in the groups. And then, like you said, the the groups on Facebook can be uh, very deep mud at times, but there's one, one good thing that came out of it was finding Spectora. And so we said, you know what, we're going to do it. And we did it. And Kaylin was watching your podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that how? Yeah, that's Victoria Spotlight. Take over. Emma. Yeah. So I, um, very similar to Matt, he initiated the inspection idea 
And then as soon as I was on board, I took the ball and, and ran with that. So I started researching really heavily. And um, so I'm like, okay, if we're gonna use this software, I wanna know everything about it. I wanna, um, I want to know how we can maximize it and, and utilize it to our advantage to help uh, grow our business. So, and, and plus I'm an industry outsider, you know, we're both industry outsiders and I came from a background in uh, public school teaching for 12 years. And so I knew nothing about running a business or about home inspections. And so uh, I had a lot of learning to do. And so I dug into your podcast, which has been a very valuable, helpful resource for me, um, in particular, just learning the in industry and, and hearing from other inspectors have been, has been super helpful on this journey. So thank you for that. Great. Awesome. Love it. And so, uh, so I was watching the podcast on uh, where Britt and Lance were on. And there is just something about them that really resonated with me. Um, they uh, came across as, as you mentioned, very transparent, authentic, and genuine people. Um, our value systems just on a personal level seem to really align uh, quite uh, eerily <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of like, um, when you know that you have found your spouse, it's like, okay, they're the ones yeah, we're meant to be together some way, some fashion, some form. Yeah. And so I, um, so I think that's at that point, I reached out to you and sent you an email, um, to, uh, to see, or to get their contact information or, or to see, I think it was to get your opinion because you knew them better to, to say, hey, do you think that they would be a good fit with us? Um, and, mentorship. Yeah, for, sorry, yeah, mm -hmm. for like a mentorship um, because we, we thought, oh, wow, they're so far ahead of where we are um, in such a short period of time. We're like, we want to do that. We want to replicate what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, and so we needed to pick their brain and get into their world. And, and so that's how um, all of that came about. And you were very gracious in, uh, in sending out an introduction email. And then um, and from there, we, we started scheduling mentorship, mentee, uh, like uh, uh, video calls. And, um, and then, yeah, one thing led to another and here we are. <laughs> Thank you so much for going to that. Britt and, and Lance, I want to get to you in a second, but I want to touch on what's so important. I think that most people just don't do in our industry, which is surrounding themselves with good energy, like-minded people. Has that, was that just natural to you all to say like, oh, that resonates with me. I'm going to reach out. Cause not everyone does that. You'd be shocked. Like I don't get as many emails as I would like for people to say, Hey, I need to know this person, even though they're across the country. Um, yeah. Yeah. That can be, it can be difficult. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I've been in the business world for a long time and I've managed some pretty big successful companies in not the whole company, but my, my portion of it. And, uh, and so to say, you know, Oh, I can do this. I don't need, you know, I don't need somebody else telling me how to run this thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and, and, and Kaylin came to me and said, Hey, you know, you should watch this podcast. You should, you should hear what these people have to say and, and maybe this would be a good opportunity. And so 
when when you hear someone that's that's been in that's been in the business for a little bit and you're able to like Caitlin said, you're able to see that that like-mindedness, then it was like, okay, I I, I do need I, I do need help. And being able to to put a little bit of pride aside and say, you know what, mentorship, this is a good thing. Let's do this. And yeah. So surrounding yourself in this industry is difficult because finding someone local, well, they're gonna say, well, I'm not gonna you're gonna be my competitor. Right. I'll give you all my bad ideas. I'm not giving you my good yeah, ideas. Yeah, yeah. So it made a lot of sense. And, and when you're offer, I think it was in the podcast, you said, Hey, if you are looking for a mentor, let me know. And that's what kind of spurred the idea. It was like, all right, this, this could be really good for us. I didn't know it would lead to, to this, but yeah, we thought it'd just be a mentorship program. Hey, <laughs> I say this all the time. Where would we be without good women in our lives to take out the ego and pride and then lead us to the right decision. So, uh, all right. So, <laughs> so, Britt and Lance. So when, when you got this email, were you just thinking like, take me back to where you were just thinking, Hey, we're just going to have a cool business relationship. Maybe give them a few tips here and there. Like what, what were you thinking when you got that email? I'm going to let her start because I love this story. Go ahead. You, you got the email first. So what did, yeah. So I, Kevin, you should have warned me about the communication that was going to flood in from across the country and even from Canada um we were just like I don't know a, a bit of warning would have been nice because then I probably could have um, prepared myself for that but I you know I was so busy but I was also you know you're in a position where we were given this opportunity to be on this podcast with you and so I it's not that I felt obligated but it was almost like I felt like I had to respond to every single thing that came in as a form of gratitude for being on your podcast. And so we did, I responded to every single one that came in um, and lots of back and forth communication went on with, with lots of people. And we had some really cool calls that we were able to be on and and we got some really great ideas like mm -hmm. from what people were doing with their businesses. And so um, when we got the email from Matt and Kaylin, it was one of many. And, you know, at the beginning, I had no expectation whatsoever, um, but I responded and we set up a call and I got off of that call. And I think was that call in November? Yeah, it was right for the holidays. Was that think. when that call was, you guys? I think it was early December. Early December, yeah, okay. Never been Saturday morning. So we got off that call and it lasted for, I think, two hours. Um, and it was great. And I was in my pajamas and my kids were running around. <laughs> <laughs> Their dogs were barking a lot. And so it was just like real people, real talk about business and struggles. And I got off the call and I turned to Lance and I said, out of everybody we've talked to, these folks are different. And I really like them a lot. Yeah. And so I spent, we, we had decided not to have enough, not to touch base again until after the holidays. And then it was in the days. We put a month, we put a month out. Yeah. We, we gave some to-dos and we said in a month, we'll have another call. Let's check in. Let's check in in a month and kind of see where you guys were. And you guys yeah. did that. I want to pause real quick. You, why, why did you do that? Because that you can't give everyone a follow-up month call if you have say 20 uh, people. I don't, um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. 
I don't remember if they asked. I don't remember if I offered. We didn't have a follow-up call with anybody else. No. I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just wondering because there's something yeah. either yeah. something either Caitlin and Matt did or they were very gratuitous or they were, they just flowed. I don't know. I'm just always curious of what made you just be like, we're gonna stay in touch. They easy. were super students, yeah. I think. And they were, it was easy to talk to them. I mean, yeah. just sitting there. I mean, I was making breakfast and I could hear Brittany talking to them in the kitchen for the first hour and a half until I sat down with them. And it, it was just like catching up with people that you knew and it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel awkward because we had talking to people. I remember there was a few times I would just be driving in my car and Brittany's like, hey, we're going on a Facebook interview with someone. I'm like, what are you talking about? Some guy out of somewhere wants to talk to us and ask us questions. I'm just like driving, looking at her phone and he's just, you know, we're just, yeah. everything felt really businessy. And that's when yeah. it didn't really feel that way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We gave him a, well, we gave him tasks and we said, we'll catch you in a month. And then like a week later, Kaylin had finished all of her tasks plus more. And then, yeah. and I was like, oh, oh, they're serious. Like we, yeah. We did something here, so and Britt's probably like, I see a little something in you that reminds me of me, and I'm liking this. Okay, yes. carry on. Yes. Um. Yeah. So in the days before the call, I started telling Lance, um, like I do. Uh. So I think I'm gonna ask them if they wanna join Forever Home, and just you know, I mean, they're they're in the beginning. It's what what's what they could say no. Mm -hmm. and then we just keep going the way we're going and that's fine and so he was like I don't know Brittany like every time I have an idea he's like I don't know Brit. like <laughs> pump the brakes pump the brakes yeah, yeah. I was like yeah, I'm just gonna do it I'm getting used to it now that's fine yeah. yeah and so we asked them and then quickly I found out that I was in over my head um because we had a meeting with the attorney and he was you know like how are you going to do this without going to jail uh you know, <laughs> with the securities exchange commission and i was like you know what that's a really good i, I haven't thought of that um help <laughs> yeah and so they trusted us enough to to you know trust our attorney with things too and we all worked through it but they said yes like i don't know what was it within two days we got a yes back from them so yeah, we're still hoping we don't go to jail. Yeah, yeah, it's still it's still up for debate. Um, it's still young. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> so you guys offered to to basically have them come aboard as an Iowa extension or an expansion of the company, right? Yeah, it's a partnership. And what did you all were you all shocked? What would take me back to that moment of when they asked that? Yeah. So Kalen had taken Britt had set up the call with just Kalen. And I think I was at work. I was doing my full-time job still. And uh, so they had their conversation. And then we, our, our kids were at their mom's. So we had a date night that night. And we went out to oh, Ruby Tuesdays or something. <laughs> and we're sitting down and, and I said, okay, well, tell me about your conversation. How, what happened? And she told me all this stuff. And I mean, just full transparency. I got mad. I was angry. I said, you've got to be kidding me. I, I'm doing this to strike out on my own and be my <laughs> What in the world? Right. And I just, I'm, I'm fuming. And she's sitting there across from me just going, all right, just, you know, chill. Or try Ruby Tuesdays, calm down. <laughs> and we went through this whole conversation. It was probably an hour, an hour conversation about it. And I'm still just steaming. And she, is, she goes, well, what do you think? And I said, well, of course we're going to do it. 
we, we, we'd be stupid not to, but it just ticks me off that we're going to do it. You know? <laughs> I was just so mad. <laughs> but there again, it was just the pride of this was, you know, our business, the former business was ours. And now, but I was looking at it through the wrong lens. You know, mm-hmm. we, we have a partnership and I was looking at it through the lens of now I'm working for somebody. again. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's what I didn't want. And Britain Lance been very good about making that very clear that this is not a boss employee relationship. This is a partner partner relationship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but that was that was the initial reaction. It was anger. What a roller! Yeah, it sounds like a roller coaster of an hour of okay, like sorry. <laughs> let's talk about it and talk about why this could be. So, did you guys toss around the pros and cons and kind of like evaluating what you knew? Oh, yeah, you we made a couple of lists. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Then it was more than a couple of lists. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, that's definitely the abbreviated version of everything <laughs> that happened. But um, I'm definitely a mega processor very type a and so i want to know the big picture and then all of the little details in between um and you know i'm that person that goes to the doctor's office and asks you know 50 questions you know and have the answers to before i leave so i can have all the information and make an informed choice uh so with this it was um it was really interesting because I think we had made up our minds that we were going to do it even prior to having all of those details. Um, Really one, because it just, there's something supernatural about it that it just felt right and it felt um, safe. And so we didn't, um, after, you know, talking him off his ledge, um, because I was wanting to do it, pretty quickly, I knew like, yes, my intuition told me this was a good thing. These are good people. Um, And uh, this is the direction that I felt in my spirit that we needed to go. So it was just really having those conversations between the two of us and um, uh, and just, you know, talking through some of those um, doubts or, or fears or um, you know, yeah, what are the the cons of, if any, of a situation like this? And so um, just, yeah, at the end of the day, we um, decided that um, it was uh, uh, the pros outweighed the cons for sure. And, um, and uh, it's been a, it's been a, a it's not been a smooth journey. <laughs> because Never we, is. Never we've is. had a lot of roadblocks and a lot of challenges. Um, but because of the type of people that we all are, uh, we've been able to overcome those one by one. So that's been a really a good thing. I have a follow-up question to that because this isn't, this isn't typical, which is why I love it. And I think it's, this is maybe an underappreciated or used way to grow for certain companies. Um, and then also to stimulate growth for you all. So what were, what were some of those pros when you thought about the time frame, maybe, or what you learned about how long it takes to grow a solid, sustainable business in this industry? Well, I think, I think that's it right there was that we, we looked at it as an opportunity to jump four years. It was having, having that background support that, um, 
has already been through all of this stuff that we were about to go through. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, just a, a time warp jump ahead and, and, you know, how could that be a bad thing to, to have that, that, that ability? Um, I think that really was it for us. It was, we, I don't think this would have worked had it not been Lance and Britt, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there, we certainly wouldn't have been as eager to jump into it because there is that, that mutual sense of, of familiarity and we seem to jive very quickly. If you didn't have that, that sense of you know, friendship right away, then there would be a lot more struggles. Um, Dave, Dave Ramsey says, uh, the only ship that don't sail is a partnership. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get what he means, but I, it's not necessarily 100% true. So <laughs> hopefully this is the exception to that rule from Dave. <laughs> yeah, and it just does, well, like to have, I guess, industry outsiders, as I call them for lack of a better term, I think that that helps there because there's just this fresh perspective and openness to this type of arrangement, right? So like Britt and Lance, like, of course, Britt cooks up stuff and is like, all right, we're doing this. Let's go. Um, what then after the attorney meeting? And then kind of once it was like, wow, we're really, we're expanding another state. I mean, I want to give credit to, to Britt and Kaylin though, because their, their efforts that they put forth and their inquisitive minds, I think are what have found the many roadblocks that have come up mm-hmm. and have we've, we've been able to get over them. Because if it was just, if they were just like, okay, everything's smooth, Lance and Britt have everything under control. They obviously know exactly what's going to happen next. <laughs> I don't know if we would be where we are now because every time they would sit down, there'd be another list of things that are like, oh, we need to overcome this. Or like she said, when we sat with our attorney, we're like, I don't even know what that phrase means. Um, what are we about to do? So I'll let, I'll let her kind of go from the attorney meeting because there was a lot that came from that. Yeah, I mean, there were several moments where I felt like I was in over my head. Um, but I, you know, if you want to grow anything, you have to, you know, sit with those feelings. Um, and you can't, you can either make that allow them to make you feel excited, or allow them to completely overwhelm you and just sort of like shut you down. Um, I won't lie, Kevin, it's been, it's been a crazy, uh, couple of months just with all the things that we've had going on, you know, because we have Oklahoma that we're growing and we have, um, Iowa and we have the commercial companies, um, you know, and then we have a lot of other really exciting things that are going on behind the scenes. Um, I, I can't give any information, but we're going to be on a TV show, which is really cool. And so there have been a lot of really good distractions along the way. Um, but man, I, I don't recommend it. I'm really glad that we didn't. I'm glad for two things. I'm glad that we didn't do this in a busy season. And I'm so thankful for um, how Matt and Kaylin have been understanding in the fact that this is our first time down this path and that we're all learning it together and not to expect perfection out of us. Um, I think one thing that they've also learned is that, yeah, even though we're four years ahead of them, we aren't a perfect company. Mm -hmm. Um, We might have a lot of systems and processes that um, 
on one side of the curtain look really sharp. And then on the back side of the curtain, there's still a lot of manual work going on. And we're still, you know, because Kevin, you probably know that everything on the back side of the curtain gets done last. And everything that's on the front side of the curtain is the priority. Buttoned up. Um, yeah. Buttoned up. Yeah. And so they got to they got a real good look behind the curtain. <laughs> um, which, you know, that made a put us in a really vulnerable place. And it made me feel insecure sometimes along the way. Um, Kaylin is exceptional. Uh, I mean, she goes through things with a fine-tooth comb and she has sharpened and refined so much of what mm -hmm. uh, we have and found mistakes that were latent and I was not aware of in some of our um, some of our paperwork and some of our online material. And I, I really appreciate all of that. It, each time it came in, I was like, it was sort of like a little dagger that I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> you know? And it just was like, it sort of like chips away at um, what you thought you had already done and completed and sort of, um, but it was a good, it's a good thing that those things are coming to light. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, well, amazing growth like opportunity and just the way you describe all that so refreshing i think that's why people gravitate towards you and and mike my brother he built all the initial code for spectora and so when we're going back in and refactoring it and tearing it down he always has to gulp and then say like you know what i don't care if i wrote that code it's if it's shit it's shit <laughs> we're gonna redo it because it's best for our customers and he's he's done so good at modeling that and it's really cool of you to hear that like oh does that make things better for all of us cool let's do it. Like, I don't care if I uh, overlooked that or did that. Cause we all have those things. And I think that's the humility is so endearing. So I can really appreciate that. And it sounds like you have another world-class operator now kind of on the team with Kaylin that just like communicates, finds out what needs to be done and does it like that in our industry, right? Lance is like, it's unheard of that like have people like this. <laughs> well, and that's you know, to speak to that. We were getting really good at being able to scale within our state yeah. like we were like we've, we're figuring this out and then we add them to the mix and now it's almost as if we're tearing it down to the first block and rebuilding it so that we can scale nationally because our last conversation was we have this much percentage of the market share next time we talk we're going to have this much percentage and, and we've grown our company 75% probably here in Oklahoma since our last conversation but now it's like oh let's figure out how to scale nationally yeah, like, starting back at square one. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what helps having Matt and Kaylin on is we're not just going to be Iowa and Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. We're going to be a group of people that, that go beyond that um, pretty soon. So, Kaylin and Matt, was that part of the appeal where you're like, holy crap, these people are ambitious. I, this is like a rocket ship. Then we want to be a part of this. Was there any aspect of that? Yes. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was just realistically, because as I mentioned, since I come from an education background, I, I, I'm having to learn everything from scratch. Um, I was created to be a teacher. That's my, one of my biggest gifts is teaching. Put me in a classroom and I will just shine, right? <laughs> That's my gift. I can see that. So, so being, um, having to use basically what feels like the entirely different side of my brain, uh, muscles that have never been exercised in this business arena of um, learning how a business operates, thinking like a CEO and business owner, 
um, you know, interacting with clients. Thank the Lord that I'm a people person, so I at least don't have to refine how to communicate with people. So that part of it is fun and comes naturally. But just the the day-to-day grind of just the operations and things. I mean, it's been a huge, very steep learning curve. Um, But luckily, um, uh, one thing that uh, wherever I lack in intellect, um, my hard work ethic makes up for it. So thank goodness for that, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that I can just, I don't know a lot of things, but um, with the internet and, and resources and things, um, I'm able to, to dig in and learn what I need to learn. And, and Britain and Lance have been great, um, a great support system for us to learn what we need to learn and, and make Iowa successful. But yeah, there definitely was a huge appeal for um, we both looked at each other, and that's something that we talked about when we were making this decision to partner with uh, Forever Home Inspection was, you know, we could be the first um, really nationally recognized uh, home inspection company, commercial inspection company, and uh, that's not franchised, um, which is ridiculously exciting uh it makes us really giddy um just to think about it and talk about it um of that magnitude um and and knowing that as we go through this process together that our values align and trusting uh Brit and Lance enough that uh, whoever else that, that we bring on as partners, that their values are going to align with, you know, the four of us and, and what we believe as well. And um, that it's only going to make our team stronger and better. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was just talking to, to Britt about this the other day. I said um, we were having some issues with our Google page and Google is great, but they're so massive that, um, I think some of the customer support gets lost. Um, as, you they, know. Have, they have they have customer support. I didn't know. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to be gracious here. <laughs> it's Google. We can trash them. <laughs> they, have a, they have a monopoly. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it's just it's not the best. And so you know, I told I I, I asked for it. I said, can we please, 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 as we grow, uh, never get so far removed from our clients um, to the point where they can't reach us or have a personal conversation or be able to connect with anyone in our organization because our clients are our bread and butter and and you know they're a big why they're a big reason why we why we do what we do is to so client care is huge um so anyway that's just kind of a side note that yeah answer oh, well, there's some gems there um my audio got funky for a second Britt and lance i for anyone considering this route um would you mind sharing a few of those landmines or a few of those like oh you know obviously this the state boundary thing um some of the stuff you talk with your attorney but anything you can share as to reasons uh or things to look out for in doing this or just general learnings, really, of like working with another team. I imagine, you know, communication is key, but I want to hear some of these other things. Yeah, I mean, certainly don't chase it for profit's sake alone. Um, 
Oh, that, that, I, I actually want to jump in. That's a great point. I want to make the distinguishing factor here of like, I think people always think this, they just think first of the revenue and the growth. This seemed to kind of find you very big difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we always, I we built this company with, you know, in mind, we were just talking about this on a call yesterday with Matt and Kaylin about how, um, I can't remember what it was exactly. They had brought up something that they wanted to do. And I said, look guys, one of the things that we always have to do is make, when we make decisions for our company, we're making decisions as if we're 10 times the size that we are today. Um, and Im implementing something that might be a really great idea for the size that we are now, if it, if it can't be scaled and duplicated at 10 times our, our size, then it, it has to be a no, even if it's a fantastic idea. Um, and so I would say, I think that the number one mistake that home inspection companies make and that, that entrepreneurs make is that they don't build their um, everything in their company, whether it's systems or how they um, interact with the client, they don't build it in a way that's scalable and easily duplicable from the start. And then if you don't do that from the start, you're never gonna be able to duplicate in the way that we have duplicated um, in terms of across cities and then now across state lines. And, you know, you've, you've, nev you've never arrived at doing it a perfect way. That would be my second set of advice is that um, if you're not always innovating or willing to change, you know, mm -hmm. or like your brother willing to just leave, like just abandon something, then you're probably not, you probably don't have what it takes to duplicate because mm -hmm. you, ha you have to be, wrong a lot right, um, right. and you have to change things a lot and you can't marry yourself to any one idea um, or way of doing things because it's it will quickly become irrelevant mm -hmm. whether it be by technology or by not being sustainable because of the size that you are um, flexibility so yeah simplicity and flexibility gets you there. I think in my opinion, anyway. Oh, that's so good. We could probably go down a rabbit hole on the psychology, like psychological flexibility. Cause it brings in like your personal baggage, why you get married to ideas and you're, you're inflexible and mm -hmm. can't pivot. Um, I'm, I have a question around scalability because when you hear of the biggest companies in the country, uh, a lot of the IEB companies, they're usually centered around big, big cities, big population centers, right? I believe there's this huge opportunity in the Midwest where you all reside, right? In cities, in these states where there's not a major player, there's nobody that's doing things at a, like a, a world-class level. Is that the vision? Or, or tell me a little bit about thinking about the center of the country, because yeah. when I think of Iowa, I think like, oh, you guys are going to dominate Iowa. You guys are just going to like take yeah. it over, <laughs> doing things this way. We are. Well, we were having a conversation the other day. We were like, what do we know about <laughs> we don't know anything about yeah, they, got, they have a sports team yeah they got a couple colleges like, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> Hawkeyes, Hawkeyes are decent at a few things respectfully I'm pretty sure I mispronounced Des Moines every single time <laughs> yes Des Moines before, before I, I got down set with them so yeah you mispronounced Kaylin's name and <laughs> city where they God live forgive me. yeah I apologize everyone mispronounces my name since I've been in kindergarten <laughs> no one can say my name right but you know what I just go with it the world will know your name soon. Don't you worry. that's true everyone knows it now Kaylin. <laughs> know it now. 
I, I, I mispronounced it on your first like three dates. Before <laughs> I, me, so. I just, I've, I've just resigned to the fact that no matter how much I correct people, they're still going to say it wrong. So whatever. <laughs> Thanks, parents. <laughs> yeah. We should put the phonetical spelling on the website. And there you go. I'll put that in the I'll put that in the thumbnail. Yeah, <laughs> I think kind of to what you said, we're we're seeing that we saw in Oklahoma first, where you have you know we're in Tulsa. Tulsa's not a small town. It's it's kind of the it's the second biggest town, if you will, in Oklahoma. And yeah. so, but all we have so much business that comes from the outside suburb type areas, if you will, right? And that's when Brittany was methodically thinking, okay, if we can transplant someone out here or have someone over here, then we're going to pick those things up because the only people going out there were driving an hour, two hours sometimes to go out and do a home inspection. It may not be the busiest schedule every week, but there's a need out there. And so yeah. to what you're saying, I certainly believe that the Midwest, these small areas are just there to be captured and we're on a foot race to be there first. So. Because it sure feels like it's it's a bigger logistical and operational lift, which is why a lot of people maybe won't do it, which is great. Whereas here in Metro Houston, it's like everyone wants to take over Houston. That's easy. You know, you can right. kind of scale easier, which is what's exciting is that if you guys are kind of creating this network um, throughout the Midwest, that could be really powerful. Yeah, I will say, though, to piggyback that, um, that there are some logistical things that we did not anticipate for building into smaller markets. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd, I don't know, we were surprised by those difficulties, but I think that we weren't even, we weren't even like anticipating them, which really goes to show um, that maybe we weren't ready yet for the, the small towns and how and just how differently they operate in all ways. I mean, I, I'm from one of the towns that we've um, recently tried to put an inspector in and now we're, we're pulling back from that effort. But even growing up in that city, I was surprised by the fact that people aren't going to the internet to find their home inspector. <laughs> Right. or anything and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just I maybe I left before technology just like took over the way that people are a consumer but the the consumer behaves very differently in small cities and uh I was not I'm I'm good at what I do and that still popped up and smacked me uh in a way that I wasn't ready for is it just kind of still the good old boys and girls club, yeah. like the handshake gym down the street's been doing this for 15 years. Uh, and people yeah. will continue to give business. And this is not poking at any one person, but people in small towns and small areas will continue to give business to companies that just aren't great because that's always been what's there. Right. Well, yeah. There's a loyalty factor in, mm -hmm. it, in it. And it's a piece of that good old boy, good old boy thing that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, and this could be for either of you all, um, how do you envision busting through that in certain ways? And like, I know you said certain towns you pull back from, but there'll be other towns where that dynamic I'm sure exists. Um, how do you envision? You know, we don't want to take business away from anybody that um, might be in those small towns, but I think coming in and just being really transparent about the fact that it's like, hey, 
you really want to raise the bar here. Your home buyers in this area deserve um, for for there to be a competitor, so that the Accountability. so that the bar of excellence is higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that if we approach it that way, and not in terms of just like exploding into their city and being like get out of the way right um that that might be better education is also a really big part of what we do um and i would love uh because kaylin is the educator she gets really excited when we start talking about like (laughs) the education part of what we do but i think that one of i don't want to speak for her but i think that one of her favorite things about fhi is that education is infused into everything that we do. And so I think um, leading with education into those communities is going to be important. Oh, Kaylin, I'm sure you're chomping at the bit for the pandemic to end where you can just get in front of agents and educate and teach and do all that. Yes, I think, um, I think that will be a really great opportunity um, to, to, it's exciting for me because, as I mentioned earlier, I know that I was born to teach, and so it's exciting for our for the listeners and and maybe for Kevin too because I'm not sure if he's aware that FHI is a real estate school in both Oklahoma and Iowa. Was not aware of that. Thank you. Added to the list of businesses that you guys are <laughs> putting out there. That's amazing. So then you're talking continuing ed, right? You can do continuing ed for agents, which is amazing. Go ahead, Kaylin. Sorry. Oh, I forgot what I was saying. Just on the education piece. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, um, yeah. So we're actually um, working on becoming uh, state approved um, for our, uh, through our real estate commission board. Um, And so we're able to offer um, those continuing education classes to real estate agents, uh, completely complimentary, um, because we, as Britt said, we're very education focused. And so we don't want, uh, people to have to, you know, pay or, or invest, um, in those. That's a way that we can really add value to, um, real estate agents, their careers, and, and ultimately benefit the client, um, in a way that they can uh, then pass that information along to their client when they're, you know, showing homes and when they're having those discussions with their clients. And so I think that'll be uh, a really valuable tool uh, for us to help us grow, especially in those smaller communities uh, where there is loyalty to those um, home inspection companies that have been around for generations. Um, and, And it helps uh, to be able for us to get out in person and and to build relationships and connections with um, with these agents, so they know who we are by name, they know our face, they know that we're available um, to them on a you know practical, um, our boots on the ground type of level instead of you know being this this huge franchise where we're you know way at the top and, and totally inaccessible. So I think. That um, is a big appeal of Forever Home Inspection, and um, and just how we're um, how we make again just that um, that client care, that agent care, um, and building relationships a big focus of what we do. 
you guys will win them over. I mean, the warmth alone, you know, you guys will crush it. It's, you know, once someone meets you a couple times, I think they'll be, they'll be all in for sure. Um, trend wise, I know pan- the pandemic was very good. I think for anywhere in between the coasts, because people were obviously leaving, you know, the 500 square foot apartment or whatever in the big cities and getting more space. Do you all like trend wise is Oklahoma and Iowa still kind of booming on most accounts um, in terms of influx of people? Yeah, um, Ankeny's been in the top few cities in this in the nation for growth. Okay. Um, we're like we were number one for several months in the whole in the whole nation. Yeah, the whole country. Um, <laughs> They're yeah, coming they, to our city. Wow, that's good for us. Yeah, yeah. In the metro, there was last month there was uh, a little over nine hundred homes sold. And seven out of ten were new construction. Okay, uh, that just the growth is just tremendous. It's tremendous. Yeah. And in Oklahoma, I assume we're seeing. I know Oklahoma City's been on fire. Tulsa's been on fire for. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like to the agents who are actually working full time and doing this as a job, they probably all have ten buyers to one agent right now, just chomping to to find a property. So we're kind of in that same scenario where the market's kind of flipping over on its back a little bit and it'll catch itself back up, but it's busy. I mean, people are, no one stopped. It's just right. Yeah. And hopefully in the spring, we get more people comfortable having people in their homes, showing their homes, selling their homes. So then some of that supply can catch up with the demand. Cause I know that just pushes prices up, makes people think they need to waive inspections, which they should never do. Um, But still do an inspection. Right. Yeah. We're not really seeing uh, we haven't seen anyone waiving inspections. Um, we've had we've experienced a steady growth, um, but I would say that uh, what month are we in? March, February um, quickly flipped over into a seller's market for Tulsa, um, and it was sort of like musical. What was that meme that that you posted? It was like it was yeah, like musical chairs, but someone's chasing you with well, fire. Yeah, they said it was like, <laughs> it's like that's. What like a buyer's house. market is musical chairs. There's 10 chairs and there's eight buyers. And in a seller's market, there's eight chairs and 10 buyers. And in this market, there's three chairs. The chairs are lava. The floor's lava. <laughs> Everyone's on fire and someone's chasing you with an axe. So like, that's what it feels like. It's <laughs> and I was like, that's as true as it gets. It's just nothing makes sense about yeah, it. Yeah, so. it's just like realtors sitting at their computer clicking refresh. refresh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can so relate. Um, I can so relate. Yeah. So uh, I think too, we're seeing a huge, this, this last year, we've seen a huge increase in the number of licensed inspectors mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. So we're always looking at that list of how many people, and then we're like, you know, Googling their name and Facebooking them. Have they started a business yet? Where are they? We're stalking people all the time. Yeah. It's really healthy. Um, <laughs> and so uh, we're wondering like, where are they? You know, they're getting licensed and then where are they? Were they doing this as a, you know, as a backup plan in case they were going to get, lose their job? So that's been interesting to watch too and not really see actual, actual companies pop up, but to see all of these licenses uh, yeah. become active. A lot of people testing the waters, I've noticed from my vantage point. A lot of people just kicking the tires saying, okay, can this work? I'm going to dip my toe in the numbers show that a third of them probably won't make it, um, you know, statistically speaking. Um, so yeah, I'm always curious where we're at with the supply and demand kind of nature of the number of home inspectors, but 
I don't know, as long as people are still booked out weeks, you know, a week or two in advance, shows are still demand. What's, what's next for growth? Are you even thinking that way? Guarantee you're thinking that way. What do you think of states to target or are you thinking people first? I know the answer to this, but I want to hear you say it. <laughs> I think we don't know yet. Yeah. Um, I think that we are willing to have any conversation. Um, I think that we are, will first make that decision based on relationship. Because um, partnerships are hard. You know, the partnership that we have with Iowa, it's not perfect. Um, but I think that we have a great deal of respect for each other. And um, we all four try to honor each other in how we interact and the decisions that we make. Um, and we try to have really clear boundaries. Um, and sometimes we, you know, on my end, I'll admit that I've uh, realized that there were things that I failed to communicate. You know, you, you, you have it all in your mind and then you think that everyone else can read your thoughts and it turns out that they can't. Um, and then that gets you into a place where uh, there might be a misunderstanding. But I think just the, we've, I think we communicate um, almost every single day with Iowa. And I would say if we didn't communicate at that rate, then it wouldn't be working. Um, mm -hmm. And so probably those things is what I would be looking for. I will say that with this summer that we have, we, I doubt we will, I, I cannot, I know that doing this with our kids at home in the summertime would be impossible. And so, and doing it during a busy season would be impossible. So I think timing it would be, uh, timing and people would mm -hmm. probably be the thing. We did have some other people that we were talking to um, at the same time and we let those folks go. Um, and build their own businesses because we didn't feel like it was the right timing and that it was the right fit. It, it felt sad to let people down. Um, but but I, I know that it was the right decision and we wish them all the best. Yeah. But does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just getting in the mindset of kind of how you view it and it just seems like a lot has to align. A lot has to kind of fall into place mm -hmm. for something special like this to work. It just has to be a lot of refinement. I think for, for if anything we learned anything bringing Iowa into the mix is that we really did have to step back, look at our processes and see these may have worked here in Oklahoma temporarily, but as we grow and we do new things and have new partnerships, we have to redo them and rebuild them based on their input and our input. And we're really trying to make a viable product that hopefully by the end of this year, we can say, we can move this where we need to move it. And so we have a lot of work right now to get to that point. And I think once we get to that point and we scratch that surface, who knows where we'll be at that point. So here's the one thing too that has probably come to light that's the, the best thing that could have come to light is that a lot of what is this business has been just living in my mind. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I've been, what 2021 Lance said, you know, what is the one thing that, that you want to accomplish in 2021? I said, I don't want to be indispensable with this company anymore um, because the, you can't grow when the entire, when all of the concepts and all of the systems and all of the processes dwell in one person's mind. Um, it all has to eventually come out in handbooks and playbooks and, uh, oh my gosh, is that a lot of work? <laughs> and it's really the boring stuff. 
So um, be prepared. My advice, if you want to scale, like do that first. Um, yeah. We're doing that at the same time as as we are growing Iowa. Um, so documentation. Yep, the most boring thing in the world, but it saves you hours. <laughs> saves you hours, like a year down the road. And we learned that the hard way too, with Mike and I, it was just getting all of that out of your own brain. Mm -hmm. um, Kaylin and Matt, I'm curious what you all, you know, and how long have you been in the business total? I, oh man, we're just seasoned veterans. And since last August, last August. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'd love to hear from each of you kind of something you've learned about this business that was just eye opening. Um, and it can be anything. I'm just curious, kind of like, some of the most surprising learnings? I think um, for me, <laughs> a couple things. One was the fact that Iowa has no certification requirements. <laughs> you can just go, hey, guess what? I'm a home inspector now. And and I'm not saying anybody does. I'm sure I'll bet there's somebody that's done that. Oh, some of them roll out of bed. Yeah, <laughs> throw up, yeah, hang their shingle right away. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and good, goodness gravy, I cannot imagine I just can't imagine doing that um, because even though I have a really wide background in, and I grew up fixing everything in my home, my dad taught me everything, you know, I never, I, I call a repairman the very last, you know, options calling a repairman. So I felt like I know this stuff. And yeah, I think what was surprising was just how nitty gritty and detailed and, you know, Jack of all trades, master none, but we do really need to be a master at a good bit of it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that was the most surprising thing was just, it's not just roll up to a house and go, everything looks good. There is a lot, a lot more involved than I think the majority of people on the outside realize and the majority of home inspectors that are starting out realize, you know, you can't just walk into a house and say, I'm, I'm gonna inspect this place. There's the training really is, is key. There's so much to it. I still think home inspections on average are underpriced by 50%. I, think, I would agree. I literally, and I, I'm biased or unbiased, call me whatever. I still think for the value gained for the average price to be around 360 is ridiculous. It should be double that. Um, let's, let's get it, let's get it up Let's there, get it there, Alex. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm put, I try to put out articles, videos. I'm trying to, you know, we're shifting to doing consumer facing. <laughs> And it's all today. $800 inspection starting now. Thank yeah. you. Kevin. Yeah. Price fixing. Let's all just agree. Um, oh man, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Kaylin, what, what, um, I mean, I'm sure you've learned everything because it's all new to you, but what, um, does anything jump out as to like, wow, I did not expect this industry to be X. Yeah. So how much time do you have? <laughs> uh, no, really, uh, I have learned a lot. There are three things that come to the top of my brain. Um, I'll just work through those quickly. I would say the first one, similar to Matt, because um, you know of the lack of certification, I think as a result of that, there's also a lack of just general education in the public arena. Mm -hmm. um, and similar to us, unless you're a homeowner or um, you know someone in real estate or the home inspection industry, what have you, you don't really know a lot about it, at least not the nitty gritty details. And so 
one thing that I've learned, especially on like the marketing end and talking with agents and, and clients is that I think a lot of the, the public look at home inspectors as um, a, com a commodity, if that's the right word. We're just kind of all the same. They lump us all together. And I think a lot of people are looking at, well, uh, pricing, you know, who's the cheapest? Um, you know, if I can get this home inspector over here for 200 bucks, why should I hire you for, you know, double the price? And um, so I think uh, because of that, we've spent a lot of time uh, working on our UVPs, um, those unique value propositions, which is huge because we want those to be our, our banner that says, no, we're not a commodity. We are unique. We're different. Um, and just uh, coming in and raising the bar. And so, and that would be my, my second thing that I've learned is that this industry is, uh, frankly, um, at least in Iowa that we've seen, uh, the standard for quality, um, the, the expectations um, that um, a lot of our fellow home inspection companies, um, as wonderful of people as they are, uh, we know that they're working hard and that they're trying their best with, with what they know and what they have. But, but I think that um, a lot of these companies, because they're multi-generational, I think some of the processes and things that, have, that were put in place 50 years ago, um, aren't this, you know, they don't work the same as they do today. And so there's not a lot of uh, growth there. They're not um, pivoting to serve the market today. And so um, that's where we really have a heart and a passion to come in and to raise that bar and to elevate the home inspection industry as a whole um, to, to um, you know, say, hey, guys, we need to we need to level up here in a big way. Yeah. Um, and so that's what's really exciting about FHI because Britain Lands already laid that foundation. And again, because our values align there, it's really easy for us to to jump on with that vision. And then I would say the third and last really big thing I've learned is, uh, as Matt said, because we're not uh, masters really, uh, I mean, we're masters of the, of the home inspection itself and the report and the product. Um, but as far as, you know, the nitty gritty and the electrical side of things or the plumbing or HVAC or, or any of the home systems, that's where we need to rely on our partners, our vendors, uh, and really building up those relationships so when our clients have a plumbing issue or an electrical issue or an HVAC issue, they come to us and they say, hey, who do you recommend? And so we need to be able to have those awesome uh, partners in our back pocket where we can say, yes, we know this, this awesome uh, organization um, who, you know, who we can hook you up with and, and they'll take care of you and serve you in a great way. So so I'd say those are those are the three um, areas I've I've really learned a lot in, and, and they've been all um, they've all been you know they're not necessarily negatives they're just um, with every industry um, there's always those 
uh, nuances and idiosyncrasies about it. And um, so those are just the things that, that come to my mind. So. Love it. And you can't say, but I can, but home inspectors get complacent when there's no competition and they do the bare minimum and they get lazy and then companies come in and um, kind of, like you said, it's just, I look at it as an economics thing, you know, not an emotional thing, not taking jobs from people, but just the supply and demand of quality providers in any given market. It's got to change. Yeah. yeah. Can oh, I yeah. piggyback on that for a second? So Please do. Caitlin mentioned UVPs and we've been talking about education being infused into everything that we do, but that as education has to be input into the company in order for it to be output into the community. And so one of the things that we do are when you do, when you partner with FHI or when you purchase a home inspection from FHI, I guarantee that you are getting a more educated home inspector because we require that of our inspectors. In February, we had um, a, a company-wide training where we invited structural engineers to come teach our group and electricians, uh, plumbers. We, yep. had, um, we had realtors come and teach us about education. And uh, it was just a blast. Looked cool. I think I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, like our, yeah, our yeah. inspectors left just like um, and then we also require, you know, the state requires in Oklahoma and Iowa, they don't require anything. Um, but in Oklahoma, they require only eight hours of continuing education for a home inspector. And then in some states, you have none. Mm -hmm. Our inspectors, if you want to be on our team, it's required that you do 20 to 30. Um, and we require all of our inspectors uh, we, to go through an apprenticeship program. Mm -hmm. So they're not hitting the ground with like by themselves with a client for some time they've got to practice their craft um and we also were we're all internachi certified and they have to complete all of those advanced courses on top of the 90 hours um in order to to be eligible to go out into the field and so um yeah i don't I don't really see where other where other inspect a lot of inspection companies have that as one of their UVPs, um, mm -hmm. which I think is huge. I mean, that gives peace of mind when you go in to have surgery. Do you want the guy that's you know fresh out of um, <laughs> does the bare minimum? Yeah, you're his first patient, and they you know, or does it give you peace of mind that they have to go through four years of residency mm -hmm. um, and be basically apprentice before they can mm -hmm. go out and provide yeah. a service where there's a great amount of risk. And to give a shout out to Spectora, because I thought that's a great way to put the cherry on the conversation, <laughs> is that, yeah, Spectora and other report writing softwares, you know, it's, it's unthinkable now to, to think that people are still writing paper reports. And so, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's still a thing that's happening, but yeah. You can use Spectora like I did when I first started and it's, it, I have the sword, but it wasn't sharp, right? And I believe in today's home inspection industry, the report has not become a value proposition to the company. It's just a report. Let's get the inspection done well. Let's get that report out. Let's make it as short and condensed as possible so everyone feels good about it. We'll move on to the next client. And we are taking a completely different approach to it and saying, no, no, no. our report is what you paid for, what we poured into the time, the effort, all the behind the scenes education goes into that. Mm -hmm. And so we really want to change this nature of, oh my God, we got an 80 page report. What are they thinking to this is chock full of good things that I needed to know 
that is important for me before I purchase this home, no matter if it is a seller or buyer's market. Um, yeah, there was just so much left undone as we start working through it now. We will have one of the best reports in home inspection. Um, and we're excited about that. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work that yeah. some of these people are doing, but it's going to get done. And, oh. and I think that was just left there that no one was really taking care of. We're just going to slide that next podcast. Uh, <laughs> the table and it be, is the report your product? You guys are already recurring guests. It's already a ready done deal. Um, every good podcast has someone that just comes around every couple months and drops <laughs> in on it. Um, but I love this because you're playing the long game of education and maybe flipping the home inspection to an educational tool, something that people should like crave and look forward to, as opposed to you're going to tell me something wrong. Yeah. The deal's going to mm-hmm. falter because of this, we right. have to flip that because that's truly what it is at the end right. of the day. Is the um, house pass? And we're like, what do you t- pass? What? Yeah. Pass well. Who told you that? Exactly. People still <laughs> Google that. I think a couple, I checked uh, Google search volume. I think a couple hundred people at least every month still search if you if you pass or fail a home inspection so there's still work to be done oh yeah there you go boom <laughs> everything you guys <laughs> talked about i think amazing is going to work amazing with content um but we got to roll guys this is amazing thank you so much this is the first of its kind doing it this way i think with having four guests on and just the dynamics so i think this is gonna be super interesting to people so yeah kaylin and matt expect a bunch of phone calls apparently people are going to be reaching <laughs> out to you now um yeah. So be ready for that. Them first. Yeah, go to go to Brit and Lance. <laughs> They're busy. Leave them alone. All right, Brit's okay. number is no. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, um, you guys. This is great. Again, we'll have well, Brit. You're going to be a regular, of course, because um, you always have so much to say. So. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you, Kevin. <laughs> so much yeah. wisdom. So much wisdom to kick. We'll put it that way. Thanks. We appreciate you, Kevin. We appreciate you. Right on, guys.